Welcome to the Bobcast Podcast. My name is Don. And my name is Scott. And you're scrolling. I'm still scrolling. And again, <laughs> we're on chapter 29. What do, what do you use? What, what's your... Google Docs. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So really, I just have a really big, long document that has every mm-hmm. chapter and, and stuff like that that we've gone through so far. Gotcha. Yep. I, be, I still have that ESV journaling Bible. Oh, do you really? I mean, since Crossway hasn't... Um, well, wait, do you have a tablet? Uh, no. I wouldn't do you any good anyway. Oh. Well, it's a PDF. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It just has links in it. Okay. So, so I like, could potentially... You know. Actually, this doesn't go both. Well, I do have another laptop that I use for school um, that's, that's kind of a personal laptop that turns into tablet. It does tablet mode. Yeah. Does it come so with a writing utensil? It doesn't, but you can buy those for pretty cheap. Yeah, I'm gonna see how much it is now before I go around offering my pirated version. Ah. Uh, I probably shouldn't. I got a good deal on it. On the what PDF or on yeah. the program? So they basically had the um they, when it came out, it was like I, it was something like ten bucks maybe. Oh, wow. And I can't remember what happened, but they goofed up like the first distribution of it mm-hmm. and they gave us all like another discount. And like, I think I somehow ended up with it for like, it was either two or three bucks or it was free. Oh, wow. So format, let's see. But I think it might be 20 now. Ooh, I can do 10. And is it just the Bible and PDF form? Yeah. But there's um, links. <clears throat> so you can like, like, it, like the table of contents works. Okay. Oh, I, nice. I freaking love it. Where individual? Oh, that's not it. I don't even see it. Maybe they don't sell it anymore. It's digital. What'd you call it? PDF? Was it called PDF Bible? No, it's. Uh, what is it called? The USB Bible Landscape. Um, that's not what your name is. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see. It's in. Let me see what the file name is. Hey, there you go. Oh, digital. Scripture journal. A digital scriptural journal. ESV. Digital scripture journal. I promise you guys you'll hear this on its full glory. I will not edit this out. You gotta hear this searching. Oh yeah. We probably should type on the keys harder. Oh gosh, they want 30 for it. 30. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a little bit much. Does it does it do more? Like did they update it? Probably not. They just popularity. I feel like it uh I mean, that's a lot. Is it Lifeway? No, it's Crossway. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yep. That's horrible. Oh, I see it. Okay. There's no reason for that. That's greed. Let's see. Oh, wait. All oh, right. you can Force pretty- that. Oh, yeah. It's portrait, light and dark mode, landscape, light and dark. That's the same thing. If I'm a member, I can get it for $15. Oh, and I think it's free to be a member. Oh, is it? I think so. I think like, I think I was like a Crossway member a long yeah. time ago. No, I don't mind fifteen bucks then. That's not that's not bad. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, I'll pull mine back up. I had. Come on. What else? Um, I mean, this is theater of the mind again. Like it's just. The whole thing. Okay. And then you can, there's links in it to take you to the oh, table of contents. So you go wherever cool. you need to. 
And then it comes with like as portrait landscape, and then just plenty of room on the sides to write, obviously. Hmm. Ezekiel twenty nine. So like, I mean, you can see the notes. Yeah. And yeah. you just put it into PDF and it write is on a, it. It is okay. A PDF. Oh, okay. So I'm just annotating it. Um, if you have an iPad, okay, I swear they're not paying us to do this, obviously, because we'd have free versions of it. Um, if you put it on an iPad with an Apple Pencil, you can do the colors and all that and antenate it. And I'm assuming you could do that with any tablet plus stylus. So okay. Microsoft Surface, uh, any of the ASUS books that do the fold over stuff, uh-huh. Android tablets, etc. Okay. Good to know. To insert and spread. Cool. I can download a sample of the full book of Romans and try out the ESV digital scriptural journal today. Sign up free for today. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is a free sign up to Crossway. So really all you have to do is sign up. They get your email address um, and they give you a $15 discount. Yeah. Okay, I'll give them my fake email address. And when I say go. fake, I mean... Well, it's, they'll probably deliver the scripture journal to it, so make sure they... Oh, well, that's fine. It just goes to my email address that <laughs> everything that I don't really want to read goes to. So what's funny is you also know you still have a copy of Logos, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, do you ever use it? Uh, I have not recently, no. I use the crap out of it. Okay. You need to use the crap out of it, too. I'm sorry. I can use the crap out of it. Because I think I bought it while we're on here. Probably yeah. some... Yeah, because they had a crazy sale on it. Deuteronomy episode or Joel episode or, I don't know, somewhere. I've paid for two commentaries for Ezekiel and mm-hmm. found out it included one I didn't realize. Really? Yeah. So you got three for the price of two. Right. Okay. Well, my wife... I, I had the... Um, I use the Expositor's Bible Commentary series mm-hmm. a lot. Really like the way it's laid out. Okay. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, one thing that they do is they let the authors kind of make the notes as they see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not like a lot of commentary series will have the same format for everybody. Yeah. This lets the author of each individual book do the layout that best suits the book. So on top of that, they're just... It's a lot of guys you've heard of, like a lot of really good okay. authors and editors. And it's Tremper Longman does the editing for the Old Testament. And if you're into OT stuff, he's kind of the guy. And um, so I had the physical version and I sold it in a, almost all my other print books. Um, I only have a few left that didn't sell okay. uh, to buy Logos. And then I started buying the Expositor's Bible commentary on there as we were doing stuff. And for Christmas one year, my wife uh, went to Logos's website. Once again, they don't pay us for this. Right. Um, they have a finish your series cost. Yeah. So you don't end up paying for all the books you bought individually. Oh. So she bought the rest of the series for me uh, on Logos. Okay. Like once I had bought the first couple. Is it? Does it have like a... A brown top with a little... Like a dark brown or black. Yeah, and then yep. a, yeah okay. Yeah. Cool, I see it. I see it. Yep. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, I bought I bought a handful of them because, like I said, I sold all my books. I just basically bought... I'm, I'm really high on the Logos. Well, not really high, but... Which one do I have? Does it tell you? I have the... Which version do I have? So they're not necessarily individual commentaries. They've got multiple books in them then. Right. Um, like the one I'm in now, I think, has like two. Okay. I don't know which version. I'm pretty high on the Logos chain. Not as high as 
you know, your pastor probably is, but I'm pretty high for a layman. I know this is probably really exciting, everybody. I'm just trying to see what I have. All right. So good Bible commentary series, the expository or yeah. Yeah. It's a great commentary. I, I really recommend it. I recommend getting Logos if you have the money. Um, you can usually find it on sale and okay. get just the framework and then start adding your own books. Um, a lot of the features in it you don't need. Um, so they basically sell it by like feature sets and commentary sets. Um, not everybody needs that. Okay. You know. Yeah, I was I, I use the new international biblical commentary series a lot, but I find that sometimes those are hit or miss where I like most of them, but sometimes I'm like, eh, that was no, nope. Um, so I've been pulling away from that a little bit. Um, and I've always liked the setup because it goes verse by verse and then it adds like the extra additional notes in the end of each chapter. And, and so I, I like it, but I'm not always happy with the, some of the authors don't do quite as good of a job of, of really getting into the content that I'm really, I want to see them get into. Um, sometimes I'm like, really, I could have, I could have got that by reading it. Now, so I will say this commentary series is very academic. Okay. And sometimes I'll get a second one. Like for Ezekiel, I got the one by, I think it's Ian McDougall is like mm-hmm. literally his name. Um, it's a lot more pastoral, okay. which I, I like. See, I really like the pastoral ones. Um, I mean, I like the academic ones too, but I really like the, the pastoral ones that they kind of fit both of them together. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like having both just because of that. Like having the ability to like, you know, mm-hmm. like go back and forth and not feel just because I I'll let me go academic and I'll stay academic. Got it. Let me find all the I like to call them the Easter eggs and I'll find all the Easter eggs. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Well, Ezekiel probably had some Easter eggs. No, actually, no, not really, because Easter yeah, happened it doesn't, it doesn't yet. <laughs> about five hundred and eighty-seven years later. Um, and depending if we're talking January around seventh. Um, oh, you're getting into the particulars. Uh-huh. Um, you know, when Ezekiel 29 was dated, um, and that was Ezekiel 29.1, um, we would have noticed that January 7th, 587 BC was the date that was um, put there. And since, I mean, we started at that date, maybe I should just go ahead and read through what happened on that date. Hmm. Um so where should I read to? Um, I think you could probably read through six. That's because I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, in the 10th year, in the 10th month, on the 12th day of the month, of the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak and say, thus says the Lord God. Behold, I'm against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lies in the midst of his streams, that says, my Nile is my own. I made it for myself. I will put hooks in your jaws and make the fish of your stream stick to your scales, and I will draw you up out of the midst of your stream with all the fish of your streams that stick to your scales and I will cast you out into the wilderness you and all the fish of your streams you shall fall on the open field and not be brought together or gathered to the beasts of the earth and to the birds of the heavens I give you as food then all the inhabitants of Egypt shall know that I am the Lord okay fish sticks ah yeah (laughs) sorry 
And, and when we're talking dragon, um, I think my commentator said it was kind of more like an alligator. Um, yeah, I actually, probably because they're both NIV based. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, mine went hard on the probably translated better as crocodile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, especially since you're thinking Nile. Um, it, it might be okay to, to I guess, to, to claim ownership of the Nile, but to say that you were to, to step too far into to taking credit for creating it. Mm-hmm. Um, was was kind of too a little bit too far. Well, and, um, the Egyptian god I'm going to butcher this name Selak, Selak. Almost sounds like my last name. Alligator Selak, crocodile Selak, crocodile Selak. Anyway, uh, was actually a crocodile formed god that was a guardian of the Nile. Oh, okay. So it really does, um, really does kind of match there. On top of that, um, oh, I thought there was more on that. Oh well. Maybe I forgot to take the note. Yeah. All these great journaling things. I screw it up. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so and in verse six, we, we see kind of how the true owner of the Nile is actually recognized. Um, we see a lot of arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, he puts himself in the place of God. Um, again, could there be some legitimacy in, in, into saying, claiming ownership? I mean, I guess that's not fully a crazy idea because if it, if it flows through Egypt... You're going to have a country that's going to take ownership of, of a land or a river or or a geographical location, but 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 again, to say then that you were part of the creator of it, that then removes that that then changes things. Well, um, yeah, and God really kind of throws the uh, the mockery here. <clears throat> when he says the great dragon that lies in the midst of the streams, um, he essentially traps. The beast, the the crocodile, mm-hmm. there in what he said he made and has control over. So it's kind of the opposite. Like we can't capture God and say, "Ha ha, we caught you in heaven, and you're stuck there, and now we're gonna like punish you and torment you in heaven." Uh, which, if you do read a lot of uh, like some of the older myths and stuff like that, a lot of the the quote unquote God's undoings in these myths would be what made them great. Mm-hmm. It would be they get trapped in their environment or in their vice or in their characteristics. And God is basically saying what you can't do to me, I'm doing to you. Mm-hmm. I'm trapping you into this creation of yours mm. just to prove you don't have any power over right. it. Oh, not only that, like I'm trapping all your allies and your military might in there, the fish mm-hmm. with, with you. Okay. Anyone who joined, joined your team and then he turns them into food. Shouldn't have joined his team. No, that was a bad idea. Yeah, there's the whole um, by casting the croc out in the wilderness with all the fish is basically there's no royal or military burial mm-hmm. at this point. He's basically ripping this creature from its comfort and then leaving it to die in the wilderness. Oh, wow. And this is like a very common uh, ancient Near East curse that you would you would announce over your enemies. Really? So God is basically like saying, I'm going to rip you from your comfort and you're going to die in the desert. Okay. Along with all your people. So it's kind of one of those things that that God's kind of using, using the culture and their own understanding to say you're Mm -hmm. kind of screwed. Um, But, but in language that they're very familiar with. Yep. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Um, So yeah, don't, well, I mean, actually when, when we look at all of these different pictures of, of, God's judgment on these different countries, Tyre and um, Egypt and, and, and some of the others, like we, we really see that, that, that arrogance, that, 
that people putting themselves in place of God, where they're not necessarily angry at the, not necessarily angry at the sense of you have are doing great things as a leader, etc. But it's once they then don't give credit to God, or they put themselves in the place of God, or even greater than God, that judgment really comes about, and and we see him getting kind of angry. Yeah, and then. And I guess in that situation, though, it then fits very much into our own present day world where how often, myself included, can we, if we're not careful, do we put ourselves in that place and do we allow our own pride and arrogance in a sense to replace God or put us in the place of God? Well, even, I mean, a lot of people might think like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not claiming I made the Nile. I'm not claiming I did this. It's like. But a lot of us do. I, one thing I, I've heard might not be as common anymore, but you would hear people kind of boast about the quote unquote, like the, I've said that a lot, quote unquote, uh, the life they've carved out for themselves mm-hmm. or the accomplishments with how, you know, how far they've climbed the ladder or like, look at what, like they basically, a lot of us are making our own kingdom, mm-hmm. but it's so subtle. We don't realize that we're making our own our own Nile. Mm-hmm. That's even a better way yeah. to put it. Like we're saying, look at all the great things that we've done, all that we've accomplished, but we're not really like much different than what Pharaoh's doing. We're just yeah. doing it on a, actually on a more pathetic and lesser extent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thing. Well, sometimes though, do we really put it on a lesser? I mean, it's not the Nile, but really we put ourselves in, in that place pretty often. Like, look what I accomplished or right. I got this raise or look what we did. And, and I think, I feel like it's so easy. Hey, look, just cause I told you how I got a raise at work. Like, oh. <laughs> it doesn't mean I wasn't posting. No, no. But, but how easy <laughs> though, so excited. is it really to, to put ourselves in, in that place to be like, oh, yeah. well, guess what I just did. I just, um, yeah. I mean, I, I just made an esports team. We, we just made, or, mm. um, the principal came in and said something really good about me, or my boss said this, or you, you know um, what, what mine is. A lot of times, if I don't get what I want or don't get my way, I'll often say things to myself, like dumb things, like I'm afraid to say anything because it's gonna sound like I'm boasting. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm in this position or I accomplished this goal, I should be able to have this. Yeah. So like I am. This is completely fabricated, just because I don't want to sound like I'm posting like yeah. like I'm the CEO I deserve to be able to go get the expensive steak mm-hmm. or you know like whatever happens to be or I'm the you know employee of the month I deserve to park in the handicapped parking spot yeah. you know or like whatever you know yeah that's that's kind of the little some once again just those little ways it sneaks in on us and we don't realize it but that's my common mm-hmm. like well pff, I I worked really hard this week I deserve to mm-hmm do whatever, you know. And and I guess really if we get down to it, we don't deserve anything and everything is God's. I mean, right. actually, we, we could go back to Deuteronomy. Like, how many times in Deuteronomy did he give them the warning, lest you say or lest you forget the Lord your God? Like, wasn't that like a common phrase that we saw over and over in Deuteronomy? That that that, that idea that, that he you're going to be in this place as you grow as Israel. Don't get into this place lest you forget that, that I am the Lord your God. Like... Don't forget, he warned them over and over and over again, don't forget that I have given and provided everything. And how often do we forget that God has provided everything? Um, I mean, everything, and and we deserve really absolutely nothing. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's Pharaoh, and that's us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're we're no better. So, yeah. All right. Praise God that through His Son, and we don't have to be left out in the wilderness. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they definitely don't get what I deserve. Sorry for everyone that hears me adjusting the mic again. I'm fidgety. All right. So <laughs> the next picture, I guess, is six through sixteen, maybe. Yeah, you can reread six, even though. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh I'm yeah, because yeah. Uh, oh, because I didn't finish it. Yeah, you did what I did when I looked at it. Yeah. Well, just read the quotes. So 6B through So 6B through 15. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you have been a staff of reed to the house of Israel, when they grasped you and the hand you broke and tore all their shoulders, and when they leaned on you, you broke and made all their loins to shake. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will bring a sword upon you and will cut cut off from you man and beast. And the land of Egypt shall be a desolation and a waste. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Because you said, The Nile is mine, and I made it. Therefore, behold, I am against you and against your streams. And I will make the land of Egypt an utter waste and desolation from Migdal to Cyrene, as far as the border of Cush. Um, No foot of man shall pass through it, and no foot of beast shall pass through it. It shall be uninhabited forty years." And I will make the land of Egypt a desolation in the, the midst of desolated countries, and her cities shall be a desolation forty years among cities that are laid waste. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them through the countries. For thus says the Lord God, at, at the end of forty years I will gather the Egyptians from the peoples among whom they were scattered, and I will restore the fortunes of Egypt and bring them back to the land of Pathros, the land of their originals, and there shall be a lowly kingdom." It shall be the most lowly of kingdoms and never again exalt itself above the nations. And I will make them so small that they will never again rule over nations. So what's interesting is Egypt um, had this problem of basically being pretenders. They were a powerhouse and then they would ebb and flow in their power. And they were kind of approaching an upswing again at the time of this writing. And they would go through a downswing and never really recover. Mm. Even to present day, Egypt is pretty downtrodden yeah. at this point. I mean, it is not the empire that it once was. Mm-mm. I mean, it's um, what? It's not a huge nation, not a, not really even a very powerful nation. What, in the northern part of Africa? I mean... Right. Um, uh, well, and there's a lot of... Now, this is coming from, like, missions statements and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But there's a lot of, like danger crime it's not a safe place to be it's not a it's not a dubai it's not a big opulence extravagance uh tourist destination it's it's something that like you might find yourself avoiding at certain times like man i'd love to go see the pyramids but you know what we got to wait till this season passes um and it's not very friendly to a lot of other nations it doesn't have like a big uh place on the world stage and so Mm -hmm. on it just never really to this day, has not really recovered. Yeah, yeah. But what happens with it having that up-and-coming status is that you get verse 7 where they basically lean... The nation of Egypt is using Israel, hopefully as a crutch, as somebody to lean on to help them get through bad times and through like opposing nations coming at them. And Egypt didn't really have the strength to support them and itself. And that's what you see here is that they literally broke. Israel was never met 
to go back to Egypt and get support. That was the command in Deuteronomy. And on top of that, Egypt couldn't actually viably support them. They did not have the military might that they thought they would because mm-hmm. because Babylon pretty much. Yeah. And and uh, I guess the imagery here that, that is kind of portrayed, I think it was Chris Wright that, that, that said a little bit, um, I guess the, the reeds that we're talking about um, are from the papyrus, um, which is kind of the reeds that, that baby Moses would have been hidden in. Um, they're, oh. They are, oh, I guess we, we need one of those little buttons. Be like, Oh, well, we can get the pod studios. It's like 500 bucks oh, or whatever. That's true. Oh yeah. We're, we're almost there. We got like, come three, on, five listeners, bucks yeah. donate. You PayPal me. All right. Until then, let's all practice together. So the famous reads from which the papyrus was made, that was among that. That's kind of where the baby Moses was hidden. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was good. See, we don't need that. Just saved us $499. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. um these reeds, although they are useful for many purposes, they are not good for a staff or a crutch. Um, and ultimately, they, they probably would have fallen apart or shattered um, if you leaned on them. And so kind of what Don was just saying is they were not able, nor did they have the ability, the resources or anything to to support Israel um, or, or Jerusalem. So they weren't much hope. And, and many times God has told them not to go back and they don't listen and Egypt kind of falls through and doesn't come through what you think Israel would learn by now, like how many times, but, but they still didn't learn this time. I mean, he is very much shutting down any possibility that Egypt um, or Jerusalem has any chance whatsoever of being hold up, being able to hold themselves against Babylon. Yeah. So and bas- basically that 40 years almost <clears throat> marks the exact number of the Babylonian captivity and so the Persians relieved them. Really? So essentially, okay. the essentially the Babylonians would go through and they'd scatter you. That was kind of their one of their ploys. And it was actually really easy to scatter Egypt because Egypt is a long, skinny kingdom. It essentially existed down the banks of the Nile. So mm. you had like one hub up at the top where you had something that resembled smaller than most states. Yeah. Um, and then it would be a long, skinny kingdom going down the edge uh you know down the edges of the nile and so there are no resources outside of those banks pretty much so it's really easy for babylon to cut them off um and to scatter them and to send them wherever they wanted to Mm -hmm. it was not a difficult nation to defeat well from my understanding isn't that really the only productive area in egypt like isn't most of the (laughs) desert outside of the right next to the banks of the nile yeah you almost had no choice but to surrender Mm -hmm. if you're egypt um, so it wouldn't be until the Persians would come in and defeat the Babylonians that they would start sending people back to Egypt yeah. to reestablish. But then we'll see Alexander the Great, you know, peaceably conquer Egypt-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So we actually see kind of a legit, we actually kind of see this prophecy legitimately being fulfilled out in real life mm-hmm. in historical context, not just... Yeah, th- this chapter, um, among a couple others in Ezekiel, are wonderful for archaeologists and historians because of mm-hmm. the timelines they give. Yeah. And the, I mean, in this case, prophecies, but the documentation of like what would happen. Yeah. Like you, you read in the 10th year, in the 10th month, on the 12th day of the month, the word of the Lord. Like that's yeah. very, very precise. Yeah. And then that we know that Egypt would fall and like be taken under. Mm-hmm. And then how long it would be taken under. Yeah. 
it was very easy to piece that stuff together. Yeah. And I think Ezekiel 30 gets a little bit complicated, but then not really. Um, how did you... 30, you said? 30, yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't th- you know I don't read that far ahead. Oh, okay, my bad. I'm a little bit slow. So back to how we study is I read through it, and then I don't touch it for like a day, and then I come back and start making notes. Mm-hmm. And I it's kind of a weekly thing. Okay. So, and don't be mad at me, but I've been reading Romans. Romans? Dude, do you know that's like the NT? Yeah, I was like, that's been a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Been a while since I've been in the NT. And our church is going through Hosea right now. Oh, yeah. Is that funny? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, great podcast. <laughs> and um, I was like, man, that's a lot of OT. I'd like to, you know, mm-hmm. what, what Paul's up to. Yeah, don't tell anybody, but I've been studying Revelation and Ephesians. You know, being. I in, mean, Revelation, I guess, that's apocalyptic. Like, we got yeah. that in the Old Testament, but Ephesians? I know. I'm learning how to be in Christ. Dude, Ephesians, like, four? That's like the gospel, right? Like, that's one of the best pictures. Yeah, so you're telling you learn about what it means to be in Christ and then how to live out. I always say that uh, living sacrifice song. I am in Christ, the Son of God. <laughs> that, that, that's my morning. Yeah, that's unity. Yeah, unity in bottle of Christ in the bottle yeah. body of Christ. Yep. So that's a uh, yeah so new life. You basically get like the blueprints of the gospel mm-hmm. through that, and then the five obviously therefore be imitators of God mm-hmm. as beloved children. So I'm walking Walk in love. Oh. We're studying that together with Hadessa and Naomi because I want so them, especially beautiful. in our culture and our world, I want them to know their identity. And I feel like Ephesians is one of those that really provides a clear picture of your identity and being in Christ and then how to live out being in Christ. Um, so the first half is kind of the... So I was going to like actually pull up the MB3 of that song. Oh, yeah. But I just... I, I didn't tell you today. I just signed this up to be distributed through iHeartRadio, uh-huh. and one of the things you have to sign is that you are not using any unlicensed music. <laughs> <laughs> so never mind. Okay, it was just go back to twenty nine and there and not pull that MP three up. <laughs> is sacrifice even still a thing? I don't know, but the music's probably owned by some yeah. copyright holder. See, now I'm curious though. We'll uh, see what kind of we'll see what kind of traction we get from iHeartMedia. Yeah, I can't imagine there's a lot of people searching for weird, obscure Old Testament probably podcasts not. on there. I'm really curious about like living sacrifice. I know. I think they got their tattoos from the same place we got our tattoos. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? They didn't screw up mine. Oh no, they just <laughs> he fell asleep during mine and then gave Sarah the larger version for free. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Oh, uh, I forgot about it. Yeah. So Come but, in with a tattoo the size of like a small cell phone and leave with one the size of an iPad. <laughs> uh-huh. So a bunch of years yeah. ago, um, oh, our friend group ended up before I was even dating Sarah. And um, we all went, got tattoos. And um, this one place just in Indiana, um, the band Living Sacrifice even got their like tattoos to the dude. And we get out there. And like he falls asleep in the middle of mine. I'm sorry, man. He's like, you got to forgive me. He's like, man, I was up all night long. I was like, how about we have someone else finish it? He's like, no, I I won't fall asleep again. I was like, yeah, how about we have someone else finish it? Um, So a dude had to fix the the piece that he messed up and it still didn't look right. Uh, And then Sarah got this. She's a graphic designer, so she's an artist. She designed what she wanted to look like, size and everything. And when she's done, she's like, why is it so big? He's like, guess what? I gave it to you free of charge. He's like, I thought maybe he's like, I just made it bigger for you because I really liked it. And Sarah's like, but I didn't want it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, he's like, yeah, I'm doing you a favor by like 
not charging you for it being bigger. And yeah, that was, we didn't ever go back again. Well, he only did one piece on mine. Did he? Yeah, he only did one on my right arm, which I'll probably, I'm actually, I want to get kind of revamped. Okay. Um, but I remember he had, my ex-girlfriend had gotten some work done there. And I was being the polite boyfriend, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's good or whatever. And then, like, another guy that has a lot more tattoos than me was like, he's like, that's not what that should look like at all. <laughs> he's like, if you would have went to, like, somebody else, they could have really made it, like, mm-hmm. pop a little better. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I have a student who just graduated, and she promised me cheaper tattoos. So Yeah, hook me up. I have to go to her. I'll pretend I'm you. Okay, good deal. <laughs> Do you, have, you haven't gotten a tattoo in I have not. I, I want to, though. I got, like... Half an armful over here. No, I haven't had one. I haven't had one in a while. I need to get some though. Like I really have been wanting I, to. Like I really want to get. I'm not sure if in Hebrew or not or Greek, but I, I want to get grace inside your like grace. Just a reminder. If I wasn't going to England in November and I had a little bit more money, I probably would go ahead and get some. But I'm gonna talk to my student, see what uh, or former student, and see what she's willing to hook me up with. Man, but I probably won't get a crocodile. So. Um, um, or a reed. Um, I like how you pull us back in. Because that's not, <laughs> you know, those aren't images that I really want after I study Ezekiel. But uh, apparently there's... I didn't, want, I didn't want either of those before. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have a crocodile tattoo, that's fine. If you have a reed tattoo, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but because it's baby Moses. Aww. Aww. All right. I don't think about tattoos. Dang it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, all right. In the <clears throat> seventeen through the end, uh, verse twenty-one. Um, in the twenty-seventh year, in the first month, in the first day of the month, the word the word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made his army labor hard against Tyre. Um, every head was made bald, and every shoulder was rubbed bare. Yet neither he nor his army got anything from Tyre to pay for the labor that he had performed against her. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will give you the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall carry off its wealth, and despoil it and plunder it, and it shall be the wages for his army. I have given him the land of Egypt as his payment for which he labored, because they worked for me, declares the Lord God. On that day I will cause a horn to spring up for the house of Israel, and I will open your lips among them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. And there it is. Yep. So I guess this one, um, we're looking at April 26, 571 B.C. Um, this one is <laughs> a little bit more interesting. What, what did you get out of this? Uh, the biggest thing here uh, I actually really dove into was the part about the horn. Okay. <laughs> so prior to that, I kind of took it as face value, but um, essentially... Uh, so there's a lot of ways to look at this. Um, it's hard for us to understand that God uses, I uses almost comes off sounding bad, especially like in today's culture. But uh, what's a good way to put it? God's favorite tools are people, mm-hmm. and us as Christians, we get an expanded functionality as his tools. And that expanded functionality comes through uh, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And that comes through the ability to pray and to wield other spiritual gifts that God gives us at the times and places that he needs us to have them. Right. 
Nebuchadnezzar and his army get to walk away with wealth. So they work and they get rewarded. And that is seen in the cycle of the way God chooses to uh, set up nature and culture. People work, get rewarded, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and why is Nebuchadnezzar getting rewarded? Is Wasn't he evil? Wasn't he like one of the Babylonian kings that would take out Israel? Well, he's doing it under the instructions of God, and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's just not cognizant of the fact that he is God's tool in this. Hmm. However, there are some manuscripts that point to a king around his time of Babylon being one of the very first monotheists. Ah. He said while taking a drink. <clears throat> so, so it's interesting because... Um, two of the commentators that I actually was reading um, basically had mentioned, let's see. Um, so they say this is the, the short section is actually the last recorded prophecy of Ezekiel. So it probably happened after chapters 40 through 48. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also about 16 years after the siege of Jerusalem. Um, and in there, um, I think it was in chapter 26. Um, there was a graphic prophecy concerning the siege and capture of Tyre. The siege went on for about 13 years. Um, However, um, Tyre actually kind of surrendered, but there was no real destruction like that was predicted in Ezekiel. Um, No real booty or or anything that came from that. Um, Even potentially the possibility of of some of them questioning Ezekiel's legitimacy as a prophet. Mm -hmm. And that this is one of those ways that God is is helping Ezekiel kind of redeem the the story. Um, Where Nebuchadnezzar did here uh, at least succeed in reducing Tyre to a vassal state um, with no reward. Um, and so God is giving Egypt um, instead um, the reward that they might have been able to get from Tyre if it was fully de- defeated w- with that destruction. Um, later, the fulfillment of this prophecy would end up coming about um, fully within, um, what is it, Alexander the Great's time. Um and, and by, by this prophecy would have fulfilled um, or confirmed Ezekiel's status kind of as a true prophet because we would have seen more of that, that fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um, prophecy, he then kind of discusses a little bit about kind of what prophecy is, um, where kind of Ezekiel's language kind of um, amplifies a I guess some of the the features of prophetic communication would be like rhetoric, hyperbole, um, stereotype phraseology um, in relation to to kind of some of these these topics, um, especially if we're talking about divine judgment, military defeat, that sort of thing. Um, And so sometimes literalism can can generate false expectations, um, which easily then kind of becomes accusations of false prophecy if 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 that's kind of how we see it or inter uh, I guess, if that's kind of how we see it um, also he kind of mentions how biblical prophecy kind of always has a conditional element um, where you know things kind of can change such as with Jonah um, or even like you, you know yeah with I guess with Jonah is kind of one of those examples um, so 
Yeah, I don't know. So those are just some of the things that he kind of mentions with with this kind of passage and, and kind of what's being discussed there. Um, yep. There you go. And again, it did eventually come. I mean, it's full of destruction did come with Alexander the Great. Right. It just wasn't um, one siege. It was multiple waves. Right. Right. So yeah. I don't know. That that's kind of what he he talked through with with that is is yeah. And I'm not saying that's yes or no, but that's just kind of Christopher Wright's and and not over Christopher Wright, um, <laughs> Stephen Tall as well. Um, both kind of take that a similar stance with that. I feel like I need to do a better job citing my sources on here. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not even remotely close to being smart. So um, a lot of the yeah, we things, don't we don't know any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the things that I get really come from both of those authors mm-hmm. um, because I don't I don't know anything and then just you know if, if you are one of those that that you're like I don't understand the Old Testament well, well I really highly encourage you to find some good commentators um, that at least can help you begin to look through it and sometimes like I look at it and I'm like I don't even know and I, I would say just through through the Holy Spirit and just through um, reading various commentators and, and their take on history and, and that sort of thing, it really, really makes the Old Testament come alive. And and if it's a good one, kind of bring perspective to the New Testament um, to make Jesus way cooler than he already was. And if you are wondering, like, some good commentaries or, like, I recommend bestcommentaries.com. Uh, they're really easy to navigate. And also just ask us, uh, at outlook.com mm-hmm. is our email and you can also go to bodcash.podbean.com and leave a comment below any of the episodes and we'll see it and uh, we haven't really advertised that in a long time yeah we really yeah, haven't we used to do that all so, the time yeah uh, so feel free to reach out we'd be happy to help guide you finding um, I look at best commentaries a lot and then I've got like a small plethora of very smart uh, pastor friends uh, some one of them holds a PhD uh, mm. and I think almost all of the others have been to seminary at least and they're very good at helping me find stuff oh nice and they're well one's not really humble but they're all pretty humble <laughs> guys uh so okay yeah cool i think that's all we got for tonight uh yeah the horn really quick oh yeah oh, uh, yeah i totally forgot yeah it's like the one thing i read about in here come on <laughs> um basically the the horn is signifying strength um, and the rising up of a people. And basically, the destruction of Tyre and Egypt would be something that would give strength to the Israelites while they're in exile and give them hope. Um, but only if they uh, open their lips to acknowledge that God was their Lord. Mm. So we know how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but yeah, that's all I really got on that one. All right. So there you have it. I'd check my. All right. H four one. Oh, not too bad. Not you guess up plenty of time. How much? We do. Uh, but we're about ten minutes early. But once oh, again, wow. I don't mind no. uh, people not being forced to listen to us banter about yeah. tattoos for you know. Yeah. The whole hour. Oh yeah, I never got <laughs> to, to where the living sacrifice was around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With that, right. Uh, we'll see you, hear you guys, talk to you guys, whatever, in two weeks. Till right. next time. Bye.